Hello, and welcome to the September episode of The Great British Mickey Waffle, the podcast where we celebrate all things Disney with occasional and quite varied British accents. I'm your host, Ben, and today we'll be comparing all of the ways you can get around Disney World from hiring a car to using Disney transportation, and not forgetting one of the newer options that we have, rideshare. Also on today's show, Claire will be taking us back to the 1980s as we continue our journey to the century, which is our look back at the past 10 decades of the Walt Disney Company. This is to celebrate 100 years of Disney and also our countdown to our 100th podcast episode. As you can see, for those watching on YouTube, I'm not alone this month, and joining me as we navigate our way around Disney World, we have... John. Hiya, Ben. Welcome, well, welcome to September, I think it is. And, and as a former teacher, it's the month of the year where you suddenly realise that here we go again. So, for any yeah. teachers listening, yeah, I feel your pain. Really so we all have that usually in January, isn't it? It's after like Christmas slump. Yeah, yeah. So but we, we, for, for we, we've forgotten yeah, what yeah, day it is. Yeah, yeah. What for teachers, it's it not. It's, it's that, it's that realisation yeah. that you're going to have to go and, yeah, you have to go yeah. again. Yeah, you have to get hey back, in, back in that routine. Hey holidays hey over and back, yeah. back, back, to, back to the day. But also we yeah. have um, Jill. Hi, Jill. Good evening. Hi. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I'm loving September. Suits me fine. Getting ready for Halloween. <laughs> well, obviously Disney's already there already. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready for our holiday. It's not long, Couple is of it? Months now. Yeah. Once we get into the months that have a burr at the end, it starts becoming real. Peter, are you excited for Tokyo? Oh, I'm yes, very excited for Tokyo. We did look at upgrading to premium economy with um, with Japan Airlines, and then said maybe not. <laughs> is it, is yeah. it enough that you could afford another trip though that's always the thing yes. like, did you upgrade it, or could you fit in another trip that's let's always just the say dilemma. premium economy seats were going for over three thousand pounds per person one way Ooh. wow okay. yeah. i'm going back to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, you're, all going, yeah, you're all going to the same place so that's about yeah. I, was, I always real off it's it no so. so yeah, everything's okay. Work's been a bit easier at the moment, but that's will soon get harder again. But otherwise, fine, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So Simon and Robin, it's nice to see you back. How are you? Yeah, yeah, getting there. Yay. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us back after a little little break. Oh, it's, I'm it's just so glad to have. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it really is. I know I said this you privately, but I also put it into the podcast as well. It's just like I really admire your bravery and and also how you've shared so much through your socials as well, Robin. Because I think yeah, you know, I think what a lot of people do is take a hell of a lot of strength from your story, yeah, and and from being able to get through the worst of times and and still smile about it. At a time when nobody expects you to smile, so it's lovely to see you back on the show this month. We have missed you, and you know something, 
you keep swimming, and that's the only that's the only thing that there is, there is to go well in there. Yeah. So yeah. I I, I want to say uh, well done to Simon for the race for life. Yes. Yeah. 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 You did an amazing job. How much yeah. did you yeah. raise in the end? So uh, I raised three thousand pounds. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. Nice. Good work. As a team, we raised. Uh, near about four thousand pounds between us. Oh, that's so, wow! It was Brilliant. yeah, an incredible amount of generosity. And I think yeah. that welcome. with all the bits on socials, um, I think has really been something that's helped both of us. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, Rob, Robin's had some really great messages of support and mm-hmm. lots of advice from other people that have been through similar uh, events. Um, but yeah, everybody was fantastic in their donations, and uh, I've stupidly signed up for something even bigger <laughs> next year. <laughs> no, I, I've signed up to do a 100-kilometer hike next May. Oh, for wow. wow. So it's a weekend down on the Jurassic Coast walking yeah. between uh, Corfe and Bridport. Okay. So it's going to take some serious uh, serious uh, practice. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> Bring get my fitness back before yeah. I tackle that one, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's what you were saying before, John, about the, the sharing what's happened, what I've been going through on socials has given other people strength. Actually, yeah. other people and their support and their kindness and the messages is actually what's given me strength. So, um, yeah, I think people are very kind, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, in my experience, people are really lovely and really kind. So and also, you made me cry. Oh, <laughs> I never mean to, but it sometimes happens. <laughs> and also, but also, I think, I think as well, Robin. I think that's that's the thing that you know, you you don't know what's happening day on day. You know, I, I'm you know, I'm I'm still in that bit where you come out of recovery. And you still don't know how you feel, and and actually you need other people, and you need the understanding of others. So yeah, yeah, mm. to go into that, to go into that bit of actually sharing so much, and if people haven't checked out Watson, Watsons do Disney on Instagram it is absolutely just dip in, just give give Robin a bit of love from all these anyone who's listening yeah. that hasn't done it, yeah. please do. Here at Great British Mickey Wolf, we're all about positivity, so spreading that yeah. is what. It's what exactly it. Bam. It's you exactly never know what, what life yeah. is going to throw at you. So, very true. Yeah. Very true. Just a so bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. But yeah. last but not least, joined tonight is Becca. Hello. Hello. I know how you are. But how are you? You know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm old, same old. Yeah. Still thinking that we need to book a trip sometime, but I, I feel like our trip is too far away. Thirteen yeah. months. At time that's no, that's you right. need a trip before then. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, 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 at, least, at least it's thirteen months, not thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's, 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 that's a positive. But yeah, thirteen that's weeks. How, that's, a, that's a positive. But yeah, that's how it, yeah. It does have a lot years. better. It feels since my last trip, but it's only it was only three and a half or something like four years, which yeah. seems a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a pandemic yeah. in between, so time just stopped. Yes. Yeah, those years didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, and then, and then I got poorly, and that was that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. but we go on. But yeah, so yeah, I'm go. glad that we're all keeping as well as we can, and 
we are already enjoying the start of the spooky season. I know Claire is, has been spamming <laughs> us with her holiday pictures from a Halloween <laughs> Rain I... Magic Kingdom. Talk, talking of Claire, I think it's time to head back to 1983 as we continue our journey to a century, oh, just cool. a decade full of new park openings. Nineteen eighty three to nineteen ninety three was an interesting time for the Disney Company. On the back of a near miss buyout attempt, in nineteen eighty four Michael Eisner and Frank Wells took over the running of the Disney Corporation. Eisner was previously president of Paramount Pictures and Wells at Warner Brothers. Between them, they assumed the roles of CEO, Chairman, President, and Chief Operating Officer, and it was the first time someone without a personal connection to Walt Disney himself had led Walt Disney Productions, which later, in 1986, became the Walt Disney Company. This was a period of huge challenge and transformation for the company as they committed to revitalising the sagging animation division, as well as injecting funding and support into parks and international markets. It has been widely recognised that this was a turning point for the Disney company and paved the way for the future growth we still see today. In 84, the newly acquired Touchstone Pictures released Splash, the film that launched Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks onto the Disney payroll. The classic movies of Fantasia, Pete's Dragon, The Jungle Book and Pinocchio were also re-released and engaged with a totally new audience because it was out on VHS home video. This was followed up in 1985 with the release of, in my opinion, the amazing Return to Oz and also The Black Cauldron. 1988 saw the release of the groundbreaking Disney movie that would have an attraction directly related to it being created a few years later, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The characters of Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hoskins, Judge Doom terrifyingly delivered by Christopher Lloyd and, of course, the infamous Jessica Rabbit, became instant stars in their live-action animation crossover world. The movie cost $50 million to create, but went on to take over $351 million at the box office, and it won four of the seven Academy Awards for which it was nominated. Following the success of Roger, the studios entered a period of time now referred to as the Disney Renaissance, producing commercially and critically successful animated films. Before the end of 1992, The Little Mermaid, The Rescuers Down Under, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin had all been released. Live action studios were also smashing it. The film industry saw blockbusters such as Good Morning Vietnam, Cocktail, Beaches, Pretty Woman, Dick Tracy, Father of the Bride, Sister Act and Dead Poet Society being released. Lots was happening in the parks during this period of time. 1984 saw the Morocco Pavilion open at World Showcase in Epcot and in 1985 Disney entered into a monumental agreement with Lucasfilm to bring in park attractions. This led to the introduction of, well, some really great things later on down the line. On May the 1st, 1989, Disney MGM Studios Park opened as the third theme park in Walt Disney World. Drawing inspiration from the golden age of Hollywood, it had an, oper produ an operating production studio and a functioning backlot. The original icon of the park was the Earful Tower, which was a faux water tower topped with Mickey ears. But the unofficial icon has always been the Chinese theatre as the visual centrepiece of the park. 
along with the areas still in existence, like Hollywood Boulevard, Echo Lake, Animation Courtyard and Sunset Boulevard, there was also the area called Streets of America, which now houses Galaxy's Edge. It was constructed of amazing American facades where you felt like you were walking up the streets of San Francisco and New York City, and also had the studio Backlot Tour. Opening day attractions included the Great Movie Ride, the Backlot Tour, and also, remember I mentioned the uh, Lucasfilm collaboration? Indiana Jones, Epic Stunt Spectacular, Star Tours, and then in the future, Muppet Vision 3D. Walt Disney World saw an influx of resorts opening during this decade. Grand Floridian, Caribbean Beach, Swan and Dolphin, Yacht Club, Port Orleans French Quarter, Old Key West as the first ever Disney Vacation Club resort, and Port Orleans Riverside, which opened under its previous name of Dixie Landings. 1985. That was an iconic moment. The enormous announcement of the intention to build a brand new park. Euro Disney, now known as the Disneyland Resort Paris, would open seven years later on the 12th of April 1992 with a Disney park, Festival Disney, which is now the Disney Village, and the seven themed hotels all opening and they represented different regions of the United States. Opening day attractions included Phantom Manor, Big Thunder Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean and It's a Small World. All familiar but all given a fresh twist on the existing versions in the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. The most beautiful of all the Disney castles remains to this day Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland Paris, which mirrors the iconic artwork of the film by Mary Blair and has been constructed to appear to be growing out of the ground, entangled in trees and plants, but also giving a nod to the French icon of Mont Saint-Michel. The park remains to this day similar to other Disney parks around the world, but with a strong and very proud French and European flair. Thank you, Claire. I, I didn't realise how much stuff happened in that decade, especially. And I think oh. the thing that I was looking forward to most hearing was when MGM Studios opened. Obviously, yeah. that's yeah. probably one of my favourite yeah. parks. I was going to say, that's and your favourite park. Even though I know it's lots a... of people still call it MGM Studios today. It's like, <laughs> to me, it's Hollywood Studios yeah. and always will be. Yeah. And there's still those bits, right? Just the little hints of MGM, yeah. like from that era, it's still got those yeah. little bits of... Uh, Roger Rabbit, No and The Rocketeer, all those kind of eighties movies. Yeah. There's just mm. those little references still in the park if you know where to find. Them. Yeah, yeah. It's a prime time for movies, yeah. uh, and you think you know under under that umbrella of was it Touchstone Pictures? Yeah. You know, and Claire reeled off yeah. so many there, but yeah, for me, there's two that stand out: are Dead Poets Society and uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, both of yeah. which are Robin Williams, Williams films, and yeah, and you're just like you're thinking of how he became sort of synonymous with that. The production of so many of those films and the voice of the films, yeah. and then who framed Roger Rabbit with uh, Bob Hoskins, and yeah. it was—I don't know—they just seemed to be so focused on producing film after film after film, and you you look back and you think, you know, that was probably certainly for me it was like a golden time of going to the cinema, yeah, you know, because because there was something different coming out so often yeah. that was was so yeah. different from what had gone before. It was there's, there's only one one film that I, I disagree with Claire on, and that I know it's one of her favourites, and that's Return to Oz. 
That is the scariest <laughs> film I've ever seen. Oh my God. <laughs> the nightmares I had. My yeah. mum ended up going, I showed it at my school. My mum ended up going into because <laughs> I kept having nightmares. For people our age especially, that list of films that we've all heard of, we probably don't even realise that they were the Disney company's film. They were Disney films. Yeah, yeah. I mean, until she read that off, read that, read off that list, I didn't know um, Good Morning Vietnam was, and I watched that all the time as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was and that was the thing though because they actually they had so many different production companies mm. that were allowed to exist in their own right, mm-hmm. um, which allowed for that creative mm. sort of fluidity. Mm-hmm. And and also, if you look back, um, I'm not putting this in a spoiler, but you look at the, what happened with Pixar, yeah. and when that became much more controlled by Disney, it lost that creativity. Yeah. You know? and 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 that again was something that. I think I think during that age, Disney really had a string of companies yeah. that were allowed to just exist mm-hmm. in their own right, and, and there was an element of trust there, and there was an element of just that just that ability to go and make really really good films. And but the the actual parks part of the company would take them into the parks. Yeah. Even even thinking back to thinking back to the studios, and I, you know, I know it's it, it's gone. But it was the bit from uh, was it was it Splash with the fountain that was outside yeah. the um, the backlot tour and, and things like that. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, little just little touches, and, and and then go back to the great movie ride. Oh yeah, yeah. You actually <laughs> had the ability to just put in little snippets of the films that you maybe yeah. want to plug a little bit in that end sequence, and yet when the movie ride finished, you look back and you're thinking, ooh. Some of them films were quite dated, really, weren't they? Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just like, but and, you had that same thought, like you said, of like not yeah. realizing those films were synonymous with Disney. You hadn't realized yeah. that they were part of that. Mm-hmm. I think we all yeah. know and probably take for granted now that we have Marvel, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, all of that under the Disney banner, where yeah. Yeah. a lot of them follow the way Dis- Disney now own them. So it's a, the, yeah. the way that they're probably run as a company is different to what they would have been in if that same sort of thing was in the 80s yeah. and they were done um, separately. I, th- I think as well, also, the, the, ac- the acquisition there of Lucasfilms was quite a contentious yeah. one because I think a lot of Star Wars fan- fans at the time were really broken-hearted to see a company like Disney <clears> coming in and, and taking away that, that, that whole mould that George Lucas had had on his brand, and and as a filmmaker, I think that was possibly the hardest thing for George Lucas to do. Yet, looking probably selfishly as a, as a Disney fan, yeah, it was probably one of the greatest yeah. moves that they ever made because actually, by having access to the whole Star Wars bit in particular, allowed them to to start yeah. planning for what has actually come in in the, in the recent years as well. You know, if you read things well, like a autobiography. Yeah. It does yeah. cover that acquisition off. Yeah, it, it does, does say that, yeah. that that was the most challenging yeah. element of yeah. the acquisition was yeah. for for George Lucas to relinquish that element of oversight and control yeah. over yeah. effectively what yeah. has been his and yeah. his entire baby. Yeah, yeah. Over the yeah. last you know, forty odd years, it's um, it, and I think the point they made was they knew that that was difficult, and they had to they had to lay a bed of trust that was going to be. 
yeah. we're going to treat it with respect as much as possible, but yeah. we are going to we are going to take it in the direction Disney wants to take it. Yeah. But yeah. show respect to the Star Wars universe uh, as it was created. Mm. Splash is a historically important film as well, in that it marks a change in <clears throat> ideas of film studios from what were really very adult films in the 70s and late, late 70s. It marks a change to more family-friendly films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, and and it's, it, it is really important historically. In the, Although in the I gather, not quite family-friendly enough these days, because I, I gather there's a famous bit of... Um, Bit of editing where they've um, extended the length of Daryl Hannah's hair so it covers her bum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what a mighty fine bum it was. <laughs> very true. Very true. Moving on, something that I think was how um, Walt Disney World changed and all of the resorts yeah, that we sort of love today yeah. uh, when yeah. they first opened from like Grand Floridian yeah. and sort of Port Orleans, yeah. which was Dixie Landings before. Yeah. yeah. It was. A I, I actually, you can you imagine that amount of extra hotel rooms within the resort and how much, you know, certainly how much that perhaps impacted upon lots and lots of other smaller hotel chains that were previously on the 192, just saying. Um, but Disney actually cottoned on to the fact that we were, they were, we were losing so much money that was going off-site, and actually they were, were awakened to yeah. that whole bit of creating resorts, and certainly, you know, like Claire said, with the um, with the creation of um, vacation club yeah. option as well, uh, Old, Old Key West. West. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's amazing, and and still putting in a brand new theme park in Europe. No, yeah. just like, mm. uh, which is probably back... probably a good time to say if people have missed out the mid month show from July, just uh, from August, 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 August. August. Yeah. Look at that, it's easy to do. Um, but mid month show from August. Go back and listen to our show with Lou Mongello as well because he'd been to Disneyland Paris and we got the chance of a lovely chat with Lou. And we so, know he's going yeah. back again very soon. Yeah. yeah. So he's, yeah. He's it will make you want to book a ticket. Yeah. I think it does, Jill. I yeah, think that was does. a bit, you know, mm -hmm. even during the recording, I was thinking, oh my word, this is going to cost me again. John, <laughs> I just had imagined you had Expedia open during the, the recording. <laughs> I know, how, yeah. How quickly can I get that? Everybody else did. That is true. <laughs> okay. So, um, going back to the kind of explosion of new hotels that just needed in the um, 80s, yeah. um, was and correct me if I'm wrong, but would part of that have been because the international flights had become more readily available for um, everyone else? So, um, sort of cheaper flights. Yeah, more cheaper, cheaper international yeah, flights become yeah. more accessible. I know what I'm trying yeah, to say. I think, yeah. I, yeah, I think I think it is better. So they had an influx of foreign visitors. Or I just think <laughs> that yeah. Disney probably realised we have a third park in Walt Disney World that actually this has become more of a place instead of just doing a weekend or three or four nights, mm -hmm. it's where someone can yeah. easily spend a week, maybe a little yeah. bit longer. Mm -hmm. And also 
when you think of it, you're going to spend the money on site. You might as well keep it in the Disney company. It, it, it's that's all. How much? I think actually, how much are you going to spend? And actually, do we want people staying in hotels under one nine two, where actually we could be making profit off that food of yeah, that side of it, exactly, and also yeah. creating that Disney experience, but we've still caused a bubble today. Yeah, that certainly seems to be. A, that was a, a definite time, like early nineties, for a lot of my of my friends all my age, that they started really. There was a couple of my friends that started going to Disney World in the early nineties. Yeah. I remember it was like yeah. pre pre the first Toy Story movie coming out. Um, yeah. They'd been over there and seen some of that stuff already, yeah, kind of being shown as as demo stuff and um so i think it it was a big bit from the end of the 80s yeah. um international yeah, flights yeah. i think just probably became uh, more accessible and cheaper and people were venturing outside of just european holidays or even outside of british holidays yeah it was certainly all over the television wasn't it yeah. just farmers wish yes. you were here <laughs> yes. yeah. and and holiday you used to have the holiday yeah, program. Holiday, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The adverts. VHS. The adverts. They yeah. used to get me all the adverts. I remember one year there was an uh, it was the ad campaign. It was like a granddad with his granddaughter and them just having the best time. And that was the one that sold my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, sadly passed away before he was able to take it. It was quite sudden. But that was, uh, I think, his... What sold it to him was like, oh, there's a granddad having a great time with his granddaughter. Maybe See, I should do that. All it takes is the right bit of advertising. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, too right. Yeah. Too right. But great, another great decade. And I've got to say, I know so many people listening are really enjoying this this feature. So yeah, again, join in next month. There's quite there's quite a lot to cover in the next one as well, so I'm looking I'm looking forward to See, that. The more I think about the next couple of next few shows, um, there's going to be a, a lot to talk about. I'm yeah, so excited yeah. for the next one because it's it's my yeah. era of Disney. Yeah, I know Claire touched on like the Renaissance, where it's like okay, that films and it's like Robin yeah. Williams when we mentioned it, and it's just going from yeah. that to the voice of Aladdin, and yeah. now we're going to be going on to not say too much, but Pixar and. Everything after that. Mm -hmm. They've got a gym in next on. month. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Exactly. They're giving it all away. No, that's true. <laughs> but, but as we've mentioned about um, Disney World Resorts, there are quite a few of them now, especially compared to what there were in the 80s and 90s. And sometimes it, it can be a bit of a minefield to work out how to get from point A to point B. You're staying at, say, Saratoga Springs, you want to get to Magic Kingdom. How are you going to do it? So we... We are taking the time now to go through all of the different options of how you can get around Walt Disney World, including the new updated ones from Skyliner and also more popular than what it was a few years ago when it first came out, Rideshare. So the ride-sharing ride -sharing services have experienced a significant surge in popularity over the past decades, or the past decade, I should say. Um, so a rideshare, basically, for those who don't know, is a private vehicle Ride provided by the car's owner. Numerous companies provide ride sharing. Um, usually they're arranged through dedicated apps on your phone. Most ride share options allow you to either pre-book your ride or request one on demand. So within the vicinity of Walt Disney World itself, there are three distinct ride share alternatives available. 
both Lyft and Uber offer transportation services catering to journeys both within the Disney World Resort and beyond its borders. The third choice um, is Disney's own rideshare, or better known as the minivans, and these operate through the Lyft rideshare app. Uh, this exclusive service offers on-site transportation throughout the Walt Disney World Resort. Each minivan can comfortably accommodate up to six passengers, and it's equipped to carry two complimentary car seats, which I think is quite nice for those of you with families. Um, notably, even though minivans are accessible through the Lyft app, all of their drivers are experienced car Disney cast members. And the service itself operates from 6.30am to 12.30am, although, according to the website, these hours are subject to change. Um, the Lyft and Uber options, I believe, are available outside of these hours because they are privately owned and private drivers. Uh, so the drop-off and pick-up locations differ between the various rideshare options and the minivans at each of the parks. Typically, the minivans will drop passengers off at bus loops designated for each parks, whereas the rideshare drop-off locations vary on the parks. For example, if you're heading to Magic Kingdom, the rideshare services will drop you off at the Ticket and Transportation Centre and you'll have to get either the boat or the monorail over to the park itself. But there are clear signs outside each of the park that provide directions for easy navigation um, to where exactly you need to go. Um, costs for all of three of the transportation options can fluctuate based on factors such as pickup location, destination you're going to and the time of day. So if you're getting a ride share Right at park closing, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more than if you waited an hour or so looking through the shops. And it will probably be easier for you to get one as well. Yeah. Um, it is important to note that cancellation and no-show fees are applicable for all services. Um, if you are mindful of your budget during your trip, it's advisable to compare the prices of all available options for the most favourable deal at that moment because as I say they do change depending on where you're going time of day and they can vary between the apps and services. Uh, minivans themselves tend to be a little bit more expensive than uh, Lyft and Ubers and Lyft and Uber can vary depending on what's available in the area. Um, all of these transportation services ensure accessibility offered vehicles that accommodate passengers with mobility needs. Um, you can request an accessible vehicle through the app. Um, prior to your travel, it's recommended to confirm the type and dimensions of any of your wheelchair to make sure they are compatible with the service accommodations. So have we all had a chance to use Uber or Lyft? Yeah, yep, we yeah. use Lyft. Because yeah, I, yeah, I have to yeah. admit, it, it was surprises. We didn't. I didn't realise until I looked back the other day that we first used Uber in 2014. Wow! wow. So we were one of the first first ones. Mm. I, it was just for, we were staying. Um, no, actually, so yeah. Are you sure it wasn't 2015. 2015. We were staying first time we were staying. Was like <laughs> 2015. I've forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, we were staying at All Star Music, that's the one. Um, and yeah, we used it um, to go to Coronado Springs. And it was like, oh, we've booked this place for breakfast. I didn't know how we were going to get it. The only way we were yeah. told by the front desk was that, well, 
to get there for that time, you're going to have to get a taxi because the you'd have to get a bus to the park and then get that bus. They're hoping yeah. is one that will go back to Coronado Springs. Um, so which was a faff. So it's like I found this app on the App Store um, called Uber. Thought let's give this a go, and it was it cost us six dollars to go from All Star Music to Coronado Springs, and it was like from then on, it's always been one of our go tos on the trip. Something we always yeah. budget, budget for. And it, it is the budget where we've looked at higher end car, which I'm never going to talk about later. But it, a 14-day trip, we would never spend more than $250, which we couldn't hire a car or pay for parking in that same budget. So that, that was Uber and Lyft has always been our go-to. I know you mentioned minivan. I've been tempted a few times. Been very tempted. <laughs> but every time the problem is, is you open the Lyft app, and then you see the options. Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, well, I can get a, a standard car, a larger car, or a minivan, yeah. which is like three times the price. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. which one am I going to go for? But I do like that um, that is run by the drivers are Disney cast members. Yeah. yeah. So you do have that added bit of having that extra bit of Disney magic into, into your ride. I think another one as well to add into the mix, Ben, is um, it's certainly all the... Uh, minivans used to be numbered so if you had kids and you were there what you could you used to be able to play i'm not sure how many minivans are still in operation from the original set that they had but we used to used to be able to make it used to be like an old sort of minivan spotting exercise of how many different <laughs> minivans you could spot you know minivan bingo yeah well, yeah well a bit like a bit like train spotting in a way but but actually it doesn't have get your kids sort of really on edge if they're on the back they're sitting in the back of the car it gives them something to do as you're driving around it doesn't matter if you're in a car if you're in an uber or even if you're on a disney bus it gives them a chance of just just again just one of them things keeping the kids occupied maybe during times where times of the day where they're feeling a little bit sort of down or whatever it's just another one of them games that you can kind of introduce into into your into your day but yeah they always a, a good laugh but but do they always do the, the way they're designed did, is it just me or are they not just the one thing that you you keep watching you're looking out looking out and you go there you go mini bam mini bam and you're just like <laughs> it's just it's just they look so good and you know it seems you're on disney property and it's like the mini yeah. bands everywhere yeah. Yeah. Like, or, you, or you're there waiting to be picked up by an Uber or Lyft, and you go, "Oh, I wish I got a minivan." It looks <laughs> much better. Does anyone have a minivan? No, no. no, no. I won't. I'll always go with the Uber or Lyft original yeah. price. I'm not yeah. going for the. Uh, I have one thing. once. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm not the best. <laughs> no, so. The reason I got a minivan was I wasn't very well in Magic Kingdom. It was on a trip without Simon. It was with some friends. And I was yeah. very poorly. We had a not very well tummy. And oh, yeah. we had got the bus. And I, the thought of getting on the bus and potentially being not very well on the bus was terrifying me. If we'd got an Uber, we'd have to get on the ferry or the monorail over to the TTC. Whereas mm-hmm. I was like, well, we can get a minivan from where the buses go. And if I yeah. don't feel very well, he'll stop the minivan and I can get out if I yeah. don't feel very well. Yeah. So um, it probably, I mean, my friends I was with thought it was great because they got a free trip in a minivan. <laughs> yeah. And I just tried to close my eyes and prayed that we'd get back soon. But yeah. the 
the driver yeah. was very, very sweet. And he was concerned that I was ill. And I did say to him, don't worry, I'm not catching. Sometimes happens to me when I overdo it. It's okay. Yeah. So he wasn't well, bothered. Yeah. But, I think that's um, a good reason. Yeah. 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 So uh, that was the reason we took one. Yeah. I wouldn't do it again, but you know what? I'm just like everyone else. I go on the Lyft app and I go, hmm, $7.50 or $35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I think Disney missed a trick. What they need to do, instead of having it in the Lyft app, they should have it in the My Disney Experience app. Yes. Yeah. This yes. Is the thing yeah. is you're then keeping them in that same sort of ecosystem, that same bubble, Disney bubble, yep. and then going, yeah. actually, okay, I want to go from here to here, put it in there, mm. done. And people aren't yeah. going to yeah. be comparing the price of a normal Lyft then. Yeah. And yeah. there are quite a few options. When we first got Ubers and Lyfts in 2015, um, there was usually just one car available. There was only one option. You had to lift. There wasn't an option back then no. for car seats, for um, as many accessible vehicles. So um, we, we've mm -hmm. been with sort of large groups where we've needed more accessibility options or car seats over the years. So we've been able mm -hmm. to test and been very reliable they've been very reliable in turning up and providing the right size vehicle mm. because sometimes you think oh will that fit everything will that fit all our luggage in it's one of those things from an airport make sure i've gone for an uber xl because i have four yeah. cases of luggage i'm not going to fit this in if someone if you've ordered the basic uber and someone yeah. turns up in what's like the equivalent mm. of a nissan micro yeah no but it, it's, one, it, it, it's one of those those things i think you have to yeah um, yeah and definitely. the other thing to yeah. be aware of as you mentioned was surge pricing yeah yeah very much yeah so. surge pricing can be yes. a nightmare now there is a little way around that you can either wait in the park for an hour or so for the crowds to go down or you can walk around to the nearest resort or get the bus to the nearest resort yeah. so if you're at epcot or hollywood studios walk around to beach club or boardwalk if you're at um, Magic Kingdom, Grand Floridian, or Contemporary, and they can pick you yeah. up from there. And it's cheaper. And it's yeah. usually a bit cheaper. Yes. Mm. We uh, we found out at the airport, actually, when we were stood at the airport. We were stood at, in the terminal, and it yeah. was really cheap. And then we walked out to where the pickup was. <laughs> and then you book it then, and it's... Yeah. Every time yeah. the price, we are like... And actually, the lady that was there said, walk over to that hotel there. Yeah. You could see. She's like, it's <laughs> yeah. you get it from over there. That's a great bit of advice, that, because actually... I think as well, if you go to a resort, you can find your Uber or your Lyft an awful lot more easily. Yeah, from yeah. the front door, yeah. from the front door of the a, a lot of them might be more easy to pick up. But also, it's like yeah, they might be more likely to pick you up from there as well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah as for the sometimes if it's so busy, you're trying to get it to. Mm -hmm. The TTC. Yeah. By the time you've ordered it, say at the front, you've left Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Sometimes it may have already gone by the time you've had the chance to get to. Yeah. The, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This is but. this is what I was going to say. We this is what we learned the hard way, is that it's always a good idea to be at the spot where you're going to be picked mm. up. Yes, we yes. found that before out. you order yeah. because yeah. we missed one in and the outlets, the international drive outlets. Uh, we took a little bit longer than expected to find our way back to the spot because we got a bit lost and yeah. the weather was really bad. Um, and basically, we spotted it driving away, and of course, Ooh. we were charged. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, get there first. See, my, my tip is as long as you can see the pickup point in eyesight, that's usually when yeah. I say to order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Normally, by the time you've done that, you you can get there in plenty of time. We got quite lucky. 
because um, we booked one from Universal Studios to Epcot the other year, and it's the it would be there within in about ten minutes or so. So we thought oh, we've got plenty of time to get from the park to the pickup point. We didn't. We it were, was there within like five minutes. Yeah, we were still yeah. trying to get through City Walk because on Uber and Lyft they do a wait <laughs> and save. So if you want to save a few dollars, what you can do is you can say. Um, you can tell between five minutes and up to 30 minutes. So instead of it being like within, um, so you do have that risk factor like we did and it was to get a um, boarding group for Guardians. We we were really lucky though because he waited for us. He messaged. He messaged me saying, well, well, I said we'll be there in like five minutes. We're on our way, we're just a bit stuck. Yeah. Cool. I remember the first time we went to Walt Disney World, there was no Uber, no Lyft. It was Mia's taxis. And it was $20. From one hotel to another, yeah, not six, yeah. seven, twenty. Yeah, but we had yeah. we had we had one bad experience with Mears, and it, it was that was in twenty fourteen. So we were quite we, we were hesitant the next time to go out to use Mears and mm-hmm. um, taxis again. So we just mm-hmm. decided let's try Uber, and from then on, it's been cheaper and yeah. more convenient for yeah. us. But as going to Walt Disney World has changed, we we are more reliant on our phones. So yeah. it is always something we're always going to have access to. Yeah. So it's yeah. make sure yeah. you've also got access to Wi-Fi or data because the yeah. app runs on that. So it's all, don't sure. book somewhere and then hope there's Wi-Fi. Make sure you've got a data panel or something yeah. in, in point. Yeah. The one thing to note is that a lot of the Ubers and Lyfts I've got into have been um, Disney employees. So they've oh, talked yeah. to you. Really? Like <laughs> so, yeah, you'll often find that the drivers drive for both companies as well. Ben, why did it take us on the Skyliner? Do you know what? Hey, it is one of those modes of transportation that I know we've spoken about an awful lot on the podcast, and a lot of that over the past few years has been through fear of heights. But I'm hoping yeah. that this might encourage a few more people to jump on board. So, the Disney Skyliner is the state of the art system of aerial gondolas that connects four Disney Resort hotels to two theme parks, Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. The Skyliner Skyliner operates 365 days a year, weather permitting, and offers a fun and convenient way to travel around the resort. The gondolas are suspended from high-tension cables and can carry up to 10 guests each. They're climate-controlled and offer stunning views of the surrounding area. The gondolas arrive every two to three minutes, so there is no need to wait in line. So... It has three lines, so the Epcot line, Hollywood Studios line, and the Skyliner Resort line. So the Epcot line connects you from International Gateway um, at Epcot to Caribbean Beach, Riviera, and Art of Animation Resort. The Hollywood Studios line goes from, obviously, Hollywood Studios to Riviera Resort and Disney's Boardwalk Resort. Got to scroll down. I didn't realise I was reading on two pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Disney Skyliner Resort line connects Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, <laughs> Disney's Art of Animation Resort, and Pop Century Resort. So, I find that the Skyliner is a great way to get around Walt Disney World. It's fun, convenient, and offers some stunning views, especially if you're on a gondola during fireworks. Yeah. So, whether you're a first-time visitor or a Disney veteran, the Skyliner is a must-try transportation. So the gondolas are made of lightweight, durable materials and can withstand winds of up to 55 miles an hour. Not sure whether they would be running at while the winds are 55 <laughs> miles an hour, um, but sometimes it does feel like it. 
Uh, the Skyline is equipped with various safety features, including redundancies in power and braking systems, uh, and is operated by a team of trained cast members who are committed to providing a safe and enjoyable experience for all guests. So if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, be sure to check out the Disney Skyliner. I want a show of hands. I know this is great for a podcast. Who has been <laughs> on the Skyliner? Me. Me. I've not. John, no, you haven't been to, back to Walt Disney oh, World since oh, it opened. No, and, and we, but we actually saw everything in its testing phase. Um, oh. We were so desperate. We, we took to sort of hanging out around about um, the, the route into the back of Epcot um, from, the, from the beach club. And we just in, just in case they were looking for people who were just like, We'd like to try it out and things like that because we knew it, we knew it was just right. in that phase phase of, of sort of uh, about to be opened, and yet it, yeah, we never, we never saw it. But having watched it and having 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 seen from its, I think we were there for groundbreaking, um, and actually realised what a massive concept it was is actually trying to link all these places by, you know. And, and and caused quite a, quite a lot of disruption along the way. I hasten to add, um, but what an amazing thing! You know, when you think about bringing a, a ski resort mode of transport into into the hottest place in, yeah. the, in the middle of August, and you start thinking, "Oh my word, what are they doing?" But it it works, and actually, it, I think if you you start looking at that whole bit about and I, I'm I'm not I'm not even going to go there about being carbon neutral this that and the other, but I think Disney were actually looking at trying to take buses off the road about trying to take reduce that whole transportation thing and actually giving people an alternative way to get between resorts and and it I works. Whether it was I, to do with maintenance as well, when you think probably how much time and money's probably very spent much so, maintaining different various yeah. types of transportation. Well, also, all the bus drivers. Compared yeah. to yeah. uh, how many people yeah. they're paying, they won't be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are they going to get their news? Yeah, I love Walt Disney World bus drivers. That's, too, about, well, hey, that's, a, that's another story. story. What yeah. I like and what I think makes a really good mode of transportation is a safety spiel, and it's that announcement when you get on and just like. As, as we've said, like the monorail has one, there's always this announcement of, yeah. even, even on rides as well, there's always just something that makes it feel like you're at Disney. And and yeah. it's just yeah. when, when the, if anyone's been on it, you, you notice how it changes from which resort you're going to. Yeah. So like, yes. um, what did you learn in Epcot today? And that sort of thing. Yeah. When you're on that, it just feels something different. Mm. Hopefully it's there to distract people from sort of fear of heights. Yeah. Cause I know you- It sure. doesn't work. <laughs> I, okay, so I do the Skyliner. I don't enjoy doing the Skyliner. I don't like it. But I do it yeah. because it's the same reason that a lot of people will get on a plane. It's a means to an end. Yeah. You'll get to Hollywood yeah. Studios quicker. I will get to where I'm going and it will be over soon. <laughs> uh, but, do you know what? I've gone on the Skyliner just for a ride in the past. Yeah, we just yeah. got it and gone back because yeah. we yeah. tried yeah. driving Yeah, yeah. Well, we we came up with a, a really good idea last time. Uh, we were right at uh, the back of World Showcase. I think we were near the France Pavilion, and it was 
going to be, you know, getting out times, park closing time. And suddenly I thought, oh, I'm going to have to schlep all the way to the front with all the crowds. And it's quite warm and my feet are sore. And then I thought, no, tell you what, how about we jump on a Skyliner? We go to Hollywood Studios and we go from the Skyliner station round to the bus and get the bus back. To uh, to Port Orleans. And we did. And it was all right. It probably wasn't. Well, it was probably about the same length of time in the end. But it was more comfortable. It was a heck of a lot more comfortable. It was quiet. Yes, exactly. It was just so lovely. You, you don't have I like the like where you might not be where you get no. onto the bus and it's like it's fully packed. So like, great, I've got yeah. to stand. At least you know you're going to get on on a skyliner. Yeah, like, I've got a seat. Yeah. Yes. I like the little introductory chimes that they have. Yeah. It reminds me of the French railway stations. Yes. <laughs> the, the way that it does that little trill. Yes. And it's yeah, it's it's, it's nice. Mm. Even at closing time, the lines for the skyliner aren't. Terrible. They look they really look, long, yeah. but they yeah. move really quickly. They we do, were getting yeah. out of Hollywood Studios, so it was post Fantasmic. You know what that's like. You get out, yeah. and there's like people yeah. everywhere. And we saw the queue for the skyline. I thought, is that the queue? Because it, it it was it's going back, and going back towards the park, and it, 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 it all didn't... the way around to the bathrooms by the bus station. Yeah, yeah. Bus, wow. yeah. and we thought, okay, this is going to be a long wait. It literally took four minutes. Yeah, because yes. it, it's constantly moving. It's constantly moving. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that that going back to like the ski mm-hmm. resort sort of um, connotation of it, it's that bit about the constant movement gets rid of cues really quickly, and, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things it's got in its you know it's a real advantage to getting you away mm-hmm. from away from the parks really quick. And I think Jill, you you sort of said there about getting out of Epcot quite quickly and going mm-hmm. somewhere else. You know, even even if you go to the studios, the bus station there is much closer to the skyline. Yeah, mm. than actually going right to the front of the park of Epcot is it's a really <laughs> canny, yeah, canny canny way of actually just sort of cutting your your walking steps if you if you need yeah. to as well. You know, mm. you know they've, they've thought about it as much as as much as I didn't like it when it was being built. I can see why it's such yeah. a massive mm. part of it. I think it goes with a lot of Disney bit. things. You see things being yeah. built. You see scaffolding, construction. You yeah, think, yeah. oh, no, here we yeah. go again. But actually, yeah. once it's done, it's like, actually, yeah. this is all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as well, I think, ben, I think as well, for me, it's going to be a great one to just go right the whole complete, the complete route of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will actually, I'll, I'll have it on, on note here because I know one of our, one of our avid listeners from Portwood Travel who support the show, <clears> um, <throat> They did a skyliner bar crawl. Yep. And, and actually, <laughs> I actually, that's right up my street. That yeah. I could actually sing. You could actually, we could do a live show. I remember in 2021, we did our virtual one, didn't we? <laughs> I know. We I, like, yeah. I, I can't wait. Yeah. We all need to go out there at yeah. the same time. Yeah. In one month, <laughs> <laughs> resort to resort. <laughs> what do you think the chances are of them extending? I think I, I think it's quite a good chance of it, Jill. I know people keep talking about it. I, I think it it would work because because they've got rid of people like me who were naysayers in the first place. For the original, <laughs> yeah, for the original one saying, Oh, never work, it's too hot. 
too hot in August, you'll you'll have people fainting in the middle of the it, it, It's the surprising how much of a cross breeze you get from those. Yeah. 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 It works. Yeah. It stops. Yeah. The yeah, one thing it, yeah. it it um it harks back to the, some of the original concept stuff that was put in for Disney World, yeah, and that was yeah. the, the notion of the people mover was that that the ideal thing that they wanted was a constantly moving mode of transport to yeah, ship yeah. people longer distances. The the concept of the people mover in Magic Kingdom is great, but not practical as a as a mm-hmm. cost. To it's going to be a long on a on a wider scale. Yeah. Simon, you've hit upon something that is so true to my heart, and that is the fact that the People Mover is still the greatest ride of Magic Kingdom. Simply I because agree. The actual, yeah, I agree. the actual original design of it, mm-hmm. and I know what in one of our very early shows, we, Claire and I were talking, and I think Lloyd was talking about it as well. <laughs> It's the original cable car that was in Magic Kingdom yeah, as well, which, yeah. which unfortunately, which unfortunately was shut down uh, because it perhaps wasn't the safest in the world, and also people, people, people took to chucking stuff over the side at people in the park. But you know, as much as <laughs> as much as entertaining as that might be, there's a health and safety line that needs drawing somewhere. Um, but this, yeah, I am totally with the other Simon. I, I actually think. This is pro- is it probably a really good moment of the show to actually just have a little bit of love for the people mover? Yeah, always. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the skyliner will expand, but I would like to know where it is. But where where would you like it to expand? Because part of I remember a few years ago that there was a um, notice added to some DVC contracts that allowed for the usage and expansion so that they could add the different resorts. I know Saratoga was one yeah. because it was highlighted in our contract. Mm. Okay. So, I remember a little while ago, we actually had a look at a map of Disney World to see where yeah. they could do it. Um, yeah. And I can't actually remember. I think Coronado Springs, Springs was, quite, yeah, was quite prominent in there. Yeah, because okay. then you could tie it in with Animal Kingdom Lodge, because that's an Animal Kingdom era resort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a forgotten area. Yeah, and it takes ages. It takes ages on the bus to get to yeah. and from there as well. But yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you could include both of the premium outlets and things like that. So <laughs> you don't have to don't have to sit on the I four for far too long and things like yeah. that. You get a better, better shopping oh, done. Oh, MCO over the uh, I4. Yeah, let's say why. <laughs> Why stop there? Why not go to the airport? You know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now we're now we're talking. The train should have done that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't wish don't wish the train. You know what I Yeah. I don't know if they'll put it uh, the skyline all the way to Disney Springs unless they find a way to enforce parking charges at Disney Springs. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah, people true. park there for free yeah. and then get on That's the skyline. A, yeah, good point. Yeah. So, uh, unless I mean, maybe they'll do. I mean, Universal charge for City Walk. Maybe Disney Springs will go yeah. that way eventually. I mean, they might be able to do the resort. Yeah, they could do like Saratoga Springs and Old Key West. Yeah, yeah. and um, Port Orleans. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of the resorts are, are clustered together. So it's yeah. trying to work out where that main line will be. Yeah. You don't want to make it so complicated. Want to get from this result to this one? It's like okay, here's like 18 different places you've got to change. It's having 
uh, that's the good thing about Caribbean Beach at the minute is like it's the hub where you want to go anyone on the skyliner that's where you go yeah that, that's your changing mm-hmm. station for Hollywood Studios to yeah Capricorn. so so they yeah. would need to build another one of those and have mm-hmm. one of the existing lines yeah I, I think the Coronado the... Springs probably yeah. be a good centre to have but yeah it does help the Coronado Springs is pretty much centre of the resort as well yeah, and there's a big lake over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see it's, them doing it there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have to say, I prefer travelling without a wrap around the... Are you like a clear... Yeah, um, like a nice clear view, so I can yeah. see yeah. what's happening outside. Yeah. At first, yeah. Peter, I thought you were going like music. It's like, is there music? Or <laughs> 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 oh, Peter, were you rapping when you were in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. I prefer to have the rap on there so that I... So you can't see. see how yeah. This ties back to what John said about the minivan. About being able mm. to spot different things. So every yeah. time you like to play, yeah. spot on... the um, character yeah. on the yeah. skyline, yes. then you don't know how high you forget about how high yeah. you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We even brought a Christmas on the back of a a skyliner. Oh, skyliner with uh, skyline Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking of the yeah. skyliner. Oh. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh. One two. Oh, yep. for any, thank you, Minnie. Yep. For anyone listening yeah, it wasn't to the podcast, that your, it was meant to be an ornament of your desk at work. Yeah, but I, I never I, quite got to I work. don't have much room on my desk anymore at work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Because other Disney stuff. Can I, can I also just explain for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about? Because actually, if you talk about a wrap, yeah. it's not a RAP, it's got the WRAP. Some of the Skyliner. Vehicles have got like character decorations, character colors, and decorations around them. Some of them yeah. don't. So again, it's just to just to clarify because it, I'm always one of them things. If I'm listening to a podcast and I'm thinking, what on earth are they talking about? And it's all yeah. about yeah, it just hope that clears it up. Next time. <laughs> so now we've done sort of several loops on the skyliner. I think it's over to Peter to take us round to the monorail. Yep, I will take us on the monorail. As you said, the monorail has three separate lines. The resort monorail that goes between Magic Kingdom, the Contemporary, Grand Floridian, Polynesian, and the Transported Ticket Center, which is also known as TTC. There's the Epcot monorail that goes between the TTC and Epcot. And there's the Express monorail that goes from the TTC to the Magic Kingdom. An interesting little fact about the Epcot line was that when <coughs> Avengers Assemble was wrapped around one of those one of the cars, it wasn't allowed to go into Epcot because you weren't allowed to have Marvel co- Marvel characters in any park. So even on a monorail, you, you, it, it couldn't happen. If, if you need to get back to the TTC when the Magic Kingdom closes and you find that the express line is just a little busy, you can always hop on the resort line instead. It's a bit slower, but you're more likely to get a pleasant ride. The trains have different colored stripes on them, and currently they are peach, 
teal, red, coral, orange, gold, yellow, lime, green, blue, silver and black. I can guarantee that loads of you will now have Joseph is amazing technical and green coat going through your head because of all those colours. In fact, John, I now have true to your heart from Milan going around my head because you said you want to be true to your heart. <laughs> so there you go. One unusual thing about the contemporary resort is that the monorail runs through the building. You don't even have to go outside to catch it. And finally, most people's favourite thing about the monorail is a famous safety spiel, which you can get even printed on T-shirts. So, here we go. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, mantengese Alejandro Las Puertas. Yeah, Thank well you. done there, Peter. Excellent. Best sound in the your, world, isn't it? Your pronunciation <laughs> of that is far better than mine. I love that. <laughs> I, 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 we can practice it next time we're going them on our own. There you go. Yeah, That's not bad at all. I've got a bit of a cheat because every time I receive a text message, and it's really, if you look, I always have, have to put my phone on mute and things like that when I'm at work. But if I don't, you keep getting every time, every time you get a text message, <laughs> that comes up. And it's just like, it's my alert. Every time on the phone. So as much as I get a phone call and it's Spectro Magic, it's the monorail spiel for a text message. So, yeah, <laughs> do, you have, do you have the full spiel or do you just have the bit in Spanish? Because part of me just wants to just no, the whole thing. No, the it has, to, it has to be. No, it has to be a whole thing. You have to have the Spanish bit as well. You see, yeah. so it's just like, yeah, it's yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Just one of those things, and you just show it's maybe what it scores it scores highly on the. I'm a complete Disney nerd and yeah. doesn't deserve to be let out of the house. I think that's <laughs> I, probably I it. Absolutely like, yeah. <laughs> now I'm wondering how I can get that on my phone. So I'll, I'll send yeah. you. I'll send you it back. You're all right. That's fine. You know, no, no. You know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. if if they ever had one at Disneyland Paris, you'd have to have about ten different languages, and by the time you got to the <laughs> station, it still wouldn't have finished. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love the monorail. I think it's or they'll do, they'll do what they do in the Paris Underground, and they'll just have it in French because that's yeah. very yeah. French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, <laughs> okay. I was just saying I love the monorail, and I know when I lost I do. We use it quite frequently. Oh, I don't it, like it, the monorail smell. Some are adds, definitely cleaner than others. They are, yes. It's the AC that smells weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. a bit like if you leave your air conditioning off in your car for a month and oh, then turn it back on. It's that musty yeah. condensation smell, but it just yeah. smells like that all the time. But the problem yeah. is it's mixed with your, mm -hmm. your it's the end of the night it's a hot day in August. There's like a hundred people trying to get on the monorail all at once. And it just also depends who's in the car because it's a smaller confine and it's not always open air and you've got the AC. Sometimes it smells different. People sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not no, something you'd put on the monorail. That's never, that's never it's good. something yeah, you wouldn't put in a wax smell. No. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is kind of earwigging and what people say. In the monorail, you hear some really weird 
weird, strange I things. Think when... That could go anywhere. That could go anywhere. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's okay. in the middle of Magic Kingdom and working on a conversation. Do you have an example? That's what I want. <laughs> yes. Um, one time, we heard this mother say to her child, "Look." You can't touch people's armpit. If you do it again, you won't get any chocolate milk. <laughs> I mean, well, kind of want to know what the response from the person's armpit who was touching. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there is a social media account yeah. I follow that is overheard at Disney. Yeah, yeah. Yes. so much when they say. I know Peter and Jill. Yeah. Peter and Jill are on there because they. Yeah, I, you, yeah, I think I might be one of the ones who post on there. I've just got this horrible. Yeah, it's maybe not even worth mentioning on the show. I I'm just imagining one day it'd be something we say in the park that someone yeah, yeah, yeah. into. If, yeah, if anyone, if anyone has watched Little Britain at this particular moment, <laughs> you can probably only think of the one word that was about to say, and I will, I will refrain just in case anyone yes. gets offended by the word bitty. But hey ho. <laughs> oh yeah, the the thing about the monorail though is is it's just. Something that you you associate or I associate with things like Jetsons and things like futuristic transports, yeah. but actually the reality is very different. The reality is a bit more like sometimes like being on the tube in London, <laughs> in I that you sort of sit there between every station and you no 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 problems oh, engineering like problems backing oh, up. No, it, <laughs> it just stops so every five good. minutes. It as long as you stop in the right point, as you just stop in the right point during fireworks between Magic Kingdom great, and yeah. the Contemporary, <laughs> and you've got a nice shot of the castle. Maybe <laughs> fine. I, I definitely think it's more utilitarian. Like I think the one at Disney World, it's like Mark Four or Mark Five. Yeah, yeah. Rail. yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more utilitarian when you look at the Disneyland monorail, which is much more futuristic. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's smaller. You can't stand up the same. Entrance yeah. doors aren't the same on it. It's a different thing there. And that the one at Disneyland only goes one way, yeah. Uh, yeah. in and yeah. around everything, and then the yeah. route back out again is a, a much shorter route that just brings you back to the yeah. same starting. Yeah. We are but, looking forward very much to using the Tokyo one, which is different. You've got to pay. Uh, yeah. Because of of Japanese laws, uh, you, if you it goes to, in the complete circle, yeah, you have to you pay. have to pay. But it has the most amazing theming. Um, the the strap handles are all Mickey shaped, and it just looks amazing. And the windows are Mickey heads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just can't wait! It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The monorail is great for getting a bar crawl going. That has the bars of all the resorts everywhere across Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just, just to plug one of the shows that is out, was out a couple of weeks ago for a live show yeah, on Wednesday. It was Wednesday, the 24th of August. We did yep. a virtual monorail bar crawl. And I know Claire's yeah. at Walt Disney World at the minute having multiple monorail bar crawls. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I want everyone to head over to our YouTube channel and make sure you go and check that out because it was such a great show. It was so good. It, it yeah. was good. And because it was virtual, that was even better because it didn't cost us. Yeah, but the problem is, John, because it was virtual, you, you've written it down. You think, okay, something this else. I'm going to get next time. <laughs> and you've got everyone else's ideas of what we're going to see. Yeah, exactly. I remember we did exactly. that a few years ago when we did the Skyline, a virtual Skyline, no one. Yeah. That we're yeah. going to have to go and give that go on our next trip. It just yeah. has to be done. 
Yeah. Isn't that where we discovered the pickle in a pouch? Oh, it certainly was. <laughs> it certainly was. Don't diss Ooh. it. You might you might want to need it, you know. We'll, 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 leave, we'll leave that there. <laughs> One tip for the monorail, so when it is busy, if you head to either end, because people tend to yeah. congregate towards the yeah. centre of the train yeah. or yeah. the centre yeah. of wherever... Yeah. The gates are. Yeah. They don't yeah. tend to go down to either end. And while that might make it a little bit longer for you when you're getting off the monorail, you're probably not going to be at yeah. the front of the queue, it's going to be less busy. So Ooh. you might even yeah. be able to get a seat if you end up at the port. Also, so you can pretend you're driving the monorail as well if you're at either end. Yeah. Yeah. Just... I, think, I think Peter's Peter's tip in, in, in um, his advice there was, was actually spot on because actually when you're coming out of Magic Kingdom, everyone is pushed towards the express one to TTC and actually don't tell anybody but if you go to the resort one it gets you to TTC quicker, quicker. and actually without quite so many people so keep it to yourself yeah. yeah yep the other thing is if you're staying at the Polynesian and it is really really busy you can get off at the TTC and walk round yeah, it, which is especially helpful if you're staying yeah. at the DBC DBC mm -hmm. um, rooms because they are the building closest to the TTC. Okay, cool. Ah, see, there we go. Excellent advice once again. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we're here for. So we try. How, so monorail. How much investment do they need putting in it to keep it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter, it, it, we were doing so, it's we were doing so well been, without being controversial. It's always been one of those things that everyone said over the past few years that the monorail needs work, they need more. Mm -hmm. But what what do we want? What what do what does the monorail yeah. need? And I think that's the thing we can't quantify. We say, mm -hmm. Oh, we want a newer monorail. But actually, right. why do we want it? Is well, it, is, is it the smell? Yeah. Is it is it we want more frequent ones? But the, the thing what I think is going to be interesting to see how the monorail whether it adapts or changes after the polynesian expansion the new dvc tower yeah. because they haven't said that there's going to be an additional monorail stop they so everyone's going to be going back from there so there's hundreds more rooms so mm -hmm. there's a few thousand more people that are in those rooms that are going to be probably using the monorail to go around mm -hmm. to get a magic mm -hmm. kingdom or to go around to the ttc to get a webcop yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens, whether we just need more more monorails, more frequent, but is that going to cause more problem with traffic when they're yeah. nothing at each one? The issue yeah. with that is there is only so many monorails they can fit on at a time to keep yeah, them moving. Absolutely. Yeah. You can effectively only have one running per station, right? Per stop. Yeah. 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 It's the idea being yeah. that they're all moving at the same time and they're all stopped yeah. at the same time. So yeah. is it more that we need a few more to, mm -hmm. so when there are technical problems with ones that they can easily swap one out to replace one? Yeah. I think that's yeah. the biggest issue, right, is the minute the minute you lose a monorail, like the queues for the yeah. ferries and, and every other mode yeah. of transport is absolutely yeah. diabolical. As soon as lightning in the area and they stop it, it's like, okay, they put on a few buses which don't actually, which aren't particularly useful, um, because they it doesn't they don't have the same capacity as what they would have yeah. had. So, when in doubt at the end of the night, 
if you're able to, you can walk to all three of the Magic Kingdom resorts. You can, yeah. Now, it might, it takes probably half an hour ish to walk around to the Poly, yeah. to the Polynesian, but it might take you half an hour on a monorail as well. So at least you're constantly moving mm. and not waiting in a huge queue. Walking is another mode of transportation. Yeah. Oh, you're walking around. You can end up stuck at the swing bridge now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm still waiting for the water pageant to be yeah. moored away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Left and that so, was, did you get uh, to see the water pageant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saw the very end of it, and then they they drove it all in. They swung the bridge out of the way and moored it all up. Oh wow. Oh well. Mm-hmm. So I think so, that's a monorail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think. <laughs> I think Monorail is one of those ones that we just is synonymous with Disney history. When yeah, you think absolutely. of like when you think of if you just say to anyone, or Disney World and transportation, the instant okay. thought is the monorail. And I think I think it it is really impressive. But compared to the newer things of Skyliner and the other ways you can now get around Walt Disney World, I think some are yeah. more um more frequent, more easy for others to use. And I know John you're going to be talking about car hire. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. A, it's like taking it to a, another stratosphere as well, isn't it? Like, you know, so, but anyway, for most trips to Florida, hiring a car means one thing, and that is freedom. And that depends on your plans, but that freedom does come at a cost. And yes, Peter, before you mention it, I also know some people can't drive, so they can't <laughs> hire a car. That is also on the cards as well. But that cost of freedom can actually vary according to your needs and how certainly how big a car you decide that you really want. Um, although I would say it's actually it's a bit of a good thought to have in your head when you're planning to actually just think about how you will look when you arrive at the rental garage having booked the smallest and cheapest option and to find that you can't even fit the luggage in, never mind the kids. So and that's before you go shopping. So just keep that in mind because it actually is a massive part of it. Um, the biggest thing about car hire is do your homework. Costs do fluctuate according to demand. They tend to change daily and in some cases rather dramatically. Um, so in short, you've got free cancellation on whatever you've booked, no matter how much you've booked in advance. Never think you've got a bargain because actually sometimes the prices do change really massively in your favor and if you've got that free cancellation it's easy to cancel and rebook and sometimes that can be with the same online broker company or even sometimes even with the same car hire company it's so infuriating but it's actually it's well worth the effort just checking in on what you've got booked for when it's booked and even for i'll take our recent trip to spain I actually went back and checked a car hire a week prior to our flight and actually just say I saved £200 simply from checking the booking, cancelling it. with the, It was cancelled, it was booked through the same, uh, same holiday company and only booked a couple of months previously. That's how much it changes and how quickly it can change. So it's also worth mentioning BA and Virgin also offer flights with a car as a package, BA have got full insurance, including in the cost. Virgin tend to vary. Uh, and just 
for anyone going with Virgin, just check you've got your insurance there. It's always worth it. Always worth it. A double check. Um, but I did research a two-week trip starting today, 1st of September 2023, with BA going from London to Orlando. There was no difference in the price of being flight only against the price of a flight with a car. Wow. Now, if you, anyone can explain that, please do. <laughs> But, the, but there's bargains to be had. You just need to keep going back and go and check him and actually don't always just assume you've got the right price at the right time. It's, it, it is the proverbial minefield, but actually it's a really good game. And if you feel as if you've got a price that has un, been undercut massively, then go with it because actually you'll go on holiday and you'll be able to spend that, that money you've saved on something else. Anyway, once there, I haven't declined any offer of additional upgrades because you don't need them. You've got a car that you want. Or needless insurance at the airport because that's always the thing that people come back and whinge about that they paid for something they didn't want. And, yes, please note, if it says return full because you got it full, make sure you return it full. But, anyway, you get in your car and you can come and you can go as you please. If you're staying in a hotel, parking is once again free for on-site guests, and you will also get complimentary parking in the, in the Disney parks. I know from a previous show where we discussed car hire, this is one of my post-lockdown things that really bugged me so much, but thankfully it was one of the things that was rectified in January 2023 by Disney. As a family who enjoy meals out with the Disney bubble, also enjoy a variety of sports options in Orlando and Tampa. Having a car is actually a must for us. It doesn't matter if we're there for two, three, four weeks. Having a car to go and explore, going to the sports things, but going and exploring the Gulf Coast, going to Clearwater, Maria Island, they become impossible. And actually, just that, if you're staying off-site, I would also say that, yes, I know Becca mentioned earlier in the show about having that ability to go on the phone and try and get an Uber or a Lyft, but that would drive me insane for a period of time. And I think I think we've actually said it previously, it becomes such a big thing that you've actually just got that freedom to go and do what you want when you want. Um also, there's a bit of a perk as well because when you're on the way back from being off site, you can go and explore the eating options, the shopping options, which unfortunately for us become a, an unmissable part of the holiday. However, the choice is yours. And as much as I love driving and many of the many of the other transport <laughs> options that we talked about, certainly, certainly the Skyliner and certainly um, the monorail. The, the, the things I would much be far more preferable in taking rather than the car, and, and especially in the parking lot of Magic Kingdom, because actually that's that's one of my biggest bugbears. But, hey, I'll leave that for another show. <laughs> um, although, having said that, it can be quicker than waiting for the bus. <laughs> um, but, yeah, having a car, you can go anywhere you want. It does come, it does come at a cost, and that cost, 
is is you against that the car hire companies and, and yeah. you just John, John, I want to, you know, the bit we mentioned about Virgin, that it's different, they different yeah. insurance. Yeah. I think I've worked out what it is last time we were looking. If you book with the flight yeah. only, but go Virgin Atlantic, and then add the car yeah. hire on, the insurance is the full insurance. But if you book through Virgin yeah. Holidays, and um, as a package, then it doesn't add full yeah. insurance, it adds their starter insurance, and you have to upgrade yes. to a different insurance package. Brilliant. That, and you were something bad because it really bugs me. And, mm-hmm. and I must I must say, it, it's it's pushed me towards BA. Because in 2020, well, and... when we were um, going to book our um, 30th birthday trip, oh, we're going to hire a car because we're doing yeah. a cruise. And it was like, okay, but I, I got really confused with car hire. So it's like, we've got our yeah. flight sorted. We don't need to worry about accommodation because we've got our uh, Disney Vacation Club. That sorted. So I went on there yeah. and looked at whether am I getting a fly drive from Virgin Holidays yeah. or am I going through Virgin Atlantic and just adding it on. And that was where I found found yeah. the difference. And it just it, it, it was quite yeah. a big difference. And because I've not yet hired a car because that trip got cancelled and we've not yet had that Florida cruise, um, I've we've been now ventured back into looking at hiring a car. And yeah, it's something that I'm really looking forward to trying when we're out there you should do do, Ben you should do because actually it's one of those things that it for a lot of people there's it's one of it's bizarre because there's so many people who've got stories to tell of it this went wrong or that one actually it's dead easy and given the thousands upon thousands of people who actually do hire a car Yeah. yeah you will get one or two stories and and I think the key to it is is before you go, and particularly if you're if you're listening to this and you're from the UK, the booking arrangements here are actually much more favorable favorable for you to hire a car in the US than booking through a US um, source. And I think everyone tries to, you know, if you go through, I'm not even I'm not even going to mention a company, but you can actually go through different companies from either holland or yeah. italy or whatever but you actually don't get the same you might get a really cheap price but the insurance bit has to be suitable for you and that's why that's why i was come back there's, there's there's a couple of places if somebody wants to, to know get in touch with, get in touch with via the um the waffler's arms and I, I will give you the name of a couple of companies I won't put them on there because actually I don't want to be seen as promoting different yeah. places that I actually haven't used. Yeah. But I know that in, in the course of researching for this show, come highly recommended by a, by a lot of people yeah. who've used them within the past two years. Um, because our, our trip next year like, is going to be so different to what we've done before. We're going to spend a lot of time not in the parks. So by having that yeah. freedom of just like, okay, I've got the car, we're staying at Saratoga, where are we going to go eat today? Or all these places we've been talking about in the last few shows and talking about, let's eat off-site, let's go to Longhorns, let's go to Perkins uh, Chewies. It's I'm, like, thinking, I I'm thinking Claire and, Claire and I's sort of bad influence. Oh, yeah. Our last trip was more expensive because somehow we were talking about <laughs> Wild Africa Trek and Keysler Kingdom. So it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Claire, um, Claire and John. Power of the walk. Terrible influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in a good way oh, yeah. because because like like I, like I said, it, it's that it's that feeling of freedom. Mm. And I, I must admit, I'm I'm a type of person. If I if I'm within a confined bubble 
for a certain amount of days, my my human reaction is to kind of fight away from that and go elsewhere because I, I feel contained. Um, and Uber and Lyft, I would I would I would say, offer a, a marvelous service in 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 getting you out there, but it's limited. And and certainly for us as a family, our our holiday to Orlando tends to involve more than just Disney and Universal. We do love to go and explore, um, and a car, it, a car's an absolute must. And and prices have started to show a little bit more yeah. of a sensible sort of approach than, than certainly than a year ago, where car hire companies were really gouging people. Um, we, we looked at the seven but, nights, and a, the average price was about three hundred and fifty to four hundred pounds. Wait, where we I know a couple of weeks, a couple of years ago, just after COVID, that things yeah. we were looking at a thousand pounds for a week. Yeah. Okay. So it, it. So for this, so for this show, I'll put I'll put it out there as a number. Again, I won't recommend different places because people yeah. can go, and you yeah. can go online and you can use price comparison places, yeah. etc. I found a for two for a two week car hire. Um, Admittedly, with a company I wouldn't use, prices started at £300. For a company, for a two-week car hire from the 1st of September to for 14 days, coming at about £480, which is massively lower yeah. than I thought, um, given, given what's gone previously. Again, I would put into anyone's mind, if you've got free cancellation, just go back in and make sure. I feel like I'm Martin Lewis here, um, just <laughs> searching for searching for bargains. But if you've got free cancellation, use it yeah. because you know it really can save you, especially when you come very close to holiday. You think, oh, well, my car is sorted, it's sorted, it's sorted. Yeah. But actually, if you get a drop in price, why why get the car hire much more money than they actually they need because you wanted to book a year in advance? Yeah. You know, be be flexible and be prepared to let them down, because actually they don't, they don't give a care. I don't give a care in the world," he said politely. Um, I can see you shuddering there, John. You I was a bit one liar. Yeah, sure. professional till the end. But yeah, we've um we've done, Make sure. we've had car hire nearly every yeah. every single trip. I think there's only one yeah, we we've have. not had car hire when we were. Yeah. Our first on-site Disney stay, and we've we've always consistently had it. We've done it both yeah. the booking, the fly drive packages. We've booked ones where we've had the free car, and I would say don't ever let that put you off having the free car that's got the basic. Oh no way! Yeah. You don't ever take the insurance that they offer because that's how they recoup the money. Is they offer you the free car and then they they add on a three hundred pound insurance package. Yeah. You can go and you can find collision damage waiver and supplementary liability as a package for like $25 and it's dirt cheap. And they, they don't obviously don't openly advertise that, but that, and they'll give you all the scaremongering stories when you pick the car up of, Oh, you'll have to do this, this, and this. The reality is you don't, the insurance company will take care of the majority of any problems you have in, in the event that something does happen. So we've, yeah. We've used that, and we we booked we once booked a year long policy that we used on multiple trips, and it was something like seventy five dollars for a whole year. Yeah, and I think we probably got two, maybe three trips, and we used the free car that was offered. I think it was back before Virgin uh, Holidays existed, and it was 
yeah. one of the previous travel companies that that was later bought out. But we're you know we've used lo- loads of that, and we're on your side, John. We would uh, the absolute freedom of having the hire car is uh, is brilliant. Yeah. I do worry that we get this yeah. car and it's like we're going to need one every trip. Yeah, I, I, I foresee this. <laughs> you end up wanting to go yes. off. Yeah, you, you end up going. I'm not going to eat there. I'm just going to nip to Popeyes, <laughs> or I'm going to I'm going to yeah. Chick Fil A, or some something is like yeah. All these little bits, you but, then just start. Going. But the thing, that's the thing, though, Simon. I think actually it ends up saving you money in the in the bigger scheme of things, and and also like like I said, I think if you if you're the type of person who just wants to go and just be able to just jump in the car. I think we went through that little spell just after after the park clo- parks closed, where Disney. Uh, I'm trying again. I'm trying to be really good in not in not saying what I shouldn't. Um, where they basically gouged people to park the car at resorts, and thankfully, they saw saw sense. I think it was a, 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 ch- a change of but. What do you mean? I think it, I think it was a Bob. It was a Bob thing, though. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was getting rid of Mister Paycheck and DV DVC members never had to pay yeah. that car parking charge when it came in, so we were always okay. exempt from that. Yeah, so right, it, it was always thankful that that they um, yeah even when they bought the parking charges I'm th- back. But I'm thankful, Simon. Simon, I actually I actually spoke with someone last probably eighteen months ago, and we were trying to plot. A way of actually saving money by actually renting a car and then giving the car up when you you arrive at resort, so you're not pay you're not paying for it to be in a car park for five days, ten days, yeah. whatever, and then renting a car again, and and that was that was to me that was actually a a doable option. Whereas now I think I'm going down the line where Ben is is the fact that yeah I've got a car, I'm not paying for parking at the Disney yeah. Resort. I'm sorry. Yep. This is this is back to level playing. We, we've got yeah, our cruise, exactly. our seven night cruise, but for the beginning of our trip. So we're going to be yeah. getting there, not by car hire. We're yeah. going to get a transfer from the airport. There is the plan, um, and then once after the cruise, we're going to pick up the car from the port, and then so we're going to hire it from there, and then return to MCO when we go back home. Unless a fly drive turns out to be a lot cheaper. That is true. Of course, John, there's been some good news fairly recently as well, hadn't there, about uh, the car parks, the the Disney car parks, in that the trams. The trams. trams are back. Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Not before time. Why has it taken so long? Let's put it out there like it's not before time and actually i'm quite thankful that yeah you know as we're as as, as this podcast arrives on your platform of choice you know this is something that is nailed on for september by disney and I, I actually it's bugged me because actually it strikes you know why are you making people walk that yeah. extra bit and i Put my hand up. It doesn't apply to me because if I arrive at Epcot, I'm walking because it's quicker than tram. But that's by the by. It's part and parcel of transportation at Walt Disney World, and it should be should be kept the way it always has been. And people and that aren't physically able that can get to the yeah. park by yeah. car. It really seems yeah. just something that is like you expect me to go from this distance where I've had to park at the back of the car park. 
to get to the front. And it, it's just one of those things that are just... It should all... Children with little legs at the end of a park day, they're not going to want to walk all the way back. That's exactly it. Back, uh, too yeah. tired. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've got... You know, two little ones or three little ones. Something that probably doesn't cost very much to, to carry them all to operate. Or even if you've got older people with you as well, who you know, to ask them if they're on a holiday with you to go and do Epcot because there's a lot of there's a lot there's of steps lot of in Epcot, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Mm. Um, but it just saves that little bit extra. I think this is this is just a really good. Rev- I would say I was going to say addition. It's not an addition. It's, it's a reversion. It's a reversion yeah, back yeah. to where Disney yeah. service used to be. It's a bit like in the same bit as we said earlier in the year about um, parking at the resorts. It's yeah. something that we've had before and that yeah. should never have gone away. Yeah, well, they, they promised. There. They promised it to return last year, right? And then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then they did. Then they didn't do like Magic Kingdom for a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, but I, I think it was only a peak period. Was it like July the fourth or something? It was some peak yeah. point of the year. Yeah. And then it never came back. I think they did I it think, like during summer, so like a couple of weeks. It's like okay. And then it was. It was probably the fact that it made it on US chat shows, right? I think Stephen Colbert made some comments. Yeah. And <laughs> so I think when it reaches national uh, chat shows and they're getting a dig about it, it's probably time yeah. to uh, to bite the bullet. Yeah. Oh, good call. Cool. Good call. So now um, we've driven our way around Walt Disney World. Simon, I think you're going to take us on a boat ride. Indeed. So I think yeah, it's better boat... than It's a Small World. That's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of boat ride. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, um, the boat service offers uh, another integral transport option across uh, the lakes, lagoons, and canals of, uh, of Walt Disney World. So consisting of a varied fleet of ferries, motor launches, water taxis, and the friendship boats. Uh, They operate across the waterways. Um, They've got quite a vast list of route options, so they give a really flexible way to get around, uh, especially around resort areas like Epcot and Magic Kingdom. Uh, So there isn't any boat services directly at Animal Kingdom at the moment. Uh, I know they had like a, a boat that used to go around there in the very early opening days, but that was treated as an attraction there. Uh, so the largest capacities are the three ferries, and they transport guests between the TTC and the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the ferries are painted in different colour trims. I don't think they're, they're not as relevant in colour as they are with monorails, but they're named after some of the key former executives of uh, Walt Disney Company. So there's Richard F. Irvine, Admiral Joe Flower, uh, Fowler, and General Joe Potter. So I'm sure that's another one for John's uh, family spotting list to see which uh, ferry. <laughs> Uh, Then next in size is the friendship boats. So there's a fleet of eight friendship boats and they operate across the Crescent Lake and Showcase Lagoons. Uh, They transport guests between the International Gateway Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And they've got intermediate stops at Boardwalk, Yacht and Beach Club and Swan and Dolphin Resorts. And then there's a boat route across the Showcase Lagoon, which uh, is currently only running between Future World and Morocco. They did have one that was running on Future World to Germany. And that, that hasn't returned, uh, I, I think, since Harmonious was, was there um, um, and since the pandemic. So they're, they're only running that, that one option across the lagoon at the moment. Uh, not just had that big, massive taco in the middle of the lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Taco yeah. in the Stargate. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they'll be coming back soon. Yeah. Yeah, mm. hopefully. 
Because I, I was thought that that was a great thing to have across it the was. lagoon if you wanted, to, mm. wanted yeah. to get across to the other side. Yeah, because there's um, only one going across now, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it on our last trip. Yeah, yeah. It's lovely, actually. It's a nice, relaxing thing to do. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. That's all right. So yeah, the, 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 the majority of the other boat options um, follow flagged uh, routes, and they tend to be more of the resort options. So the next in size is the motor cruisers, which are the, the slightly larger boats that operate across Seven Seas Lagoon and, and Bay Lake, um, and they operate predominantly on the green and red flag routes between Magic Kingdom, Fort Wilderness Resort, and Campground and Wilderness Lodge, and then the seven smaller motor launches, which are the the, the ones that you see. Um, flying the flags and they've got a, a, a kind of canvas canopy across the top of them uh, and they operate in a circular rotation between the Grand Floridian, Polynesian and the Magic Kingdom which is the gold flag route and then the contemporary Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground and Wilderness Lodge which is the blue flag route and then lastly there's 15 water taxis uh, and they operate on the Sasagula uh, canals and riverways between uh, the various resorts and the Disney Springs area. Uh, so they cover routes from Port Orleans, Saratoga Springs, and Old Key West. Uh, and then they have a service that I think still operates between the various parts of Disney Springs as well. So you can more or less go from one end to the other. Uh, but I think it's a really flexible option to get around everywhere. There's a route that more or less takes you from some, like nearly every resort, especially around Magic Kingdom. You can get from every resort to every other resort by a combination of buses that mean you avoid, uh, of, of boats that you avoid the buses and you avoid the monorails. Actually, it's a really nice, peaceful journey. Either way, you uh, either way you get around there. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it just on, on our last trip? We were so excited when we saw the um, second boat um, sort of dock at Disney Springs because it had been closed for such a long time, and now it was back open. It, it was just so nice. You didn't have to go all the way down to that end yeah. um, to grab a boat mm, yeah. at Saratoga or Key West. I love the boat transportation. At- Disney World, especially the um, the motor launches from Magic Kingdom and at Disney Springs. So just like you said, they're peaceful, they're relaxing. They might take a little bit longer, but you've got the breeze in your hair. I, I don't even care at that. At Who's going to measure point. time? It, it's not exactly like about it. getting to the park yeah. first or last. Yeah. It's like you enjoy it. It doesn't yeah. matter how long you're waiting. Yes, sometimes yeah. in, in the journey, it can be. But the journey, so. especially, I think, from like, well, we that's the one thing we love at Grand Floridian is if you leave the Magic Kingdom, that's usually always the first stop after you. So it's always a really quick way to get back. But the route from Wilderness Lodge or Fort Wilderness going across the, the aqueducts and, and that, that route is a really nice one, especially that first thing in the morning heading to the park, nice Mm. peaceful journey. in. it, that's, that's one thing that I love about Wilderness Lodge is that the boat journey in. See, what I like about that is if you time it right, that the monorail was coming out of the contemporary at yeah. the right time and you're just going underneath Photo, it, it's... photo opportunity yeah. of yes. a lifetime. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think as well, Simon and Ben, I think one of the things that being on the boat affords you is that opportunity to take pictures of different iconic places, be it park entrances or be it hotels. You're in a completely different position than that normal place that you kind of rock up up, yeah. up somewhere yeah and it gives for such a, an amazing sort of just a richness to it to having a different photographic palette and and mm-hmm. again because you're on the water 
depending on the time of day, you get the reflections as well. Yeah, mm. sorry, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm going in a photographic mode and I didn't really yeah. mean to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with I'm you, with with you yeah. John. Yeah. yeah. We we used the boat from French Quarter down to Disney Springs quite a few times, and it's just so lovely. Yes, it's yeah. never going to be the, the quickest way, but that's not what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Also remember that the boats may come in a distance from your particular room or where you are. So, for instance, getting from Magic Kingdom mm -hmm. to... Um, Grand Floridian, it comes right at the back of the resort. So if you got a a meal booked, you yeah. really need to make sure that you give yourself the time. Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah good call, Peter. Yeah. Because yeah. I can remember powering up there a bit, bit quickly. Unless you're having a meal at like Nocatis, because yeah. it's like right That's next right to that. Yeah, yeah. But also, yeah. some of the smaller boats won't run in um, Lightning. Yes. No. Yeah. So, but they'll usually replace them with the larger bikes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. also one of, one thing that I think is synonymous, as I said, with like the monorail. It's always you have the choice when you're at the transportation ticket centre. Do I go monorail to Magic Kingdom or do ferry boat? And I think <laughs> a lot of the time, especially if it's your first time to Magic Kingdom, that trip, it's got to be the ferry. Just seeing the castle come just come into view from where you are, I think is so much... Um, just one of those like things that we we said earlier in the show about um, and going back when Claire said about things that we talked about like um, that ultimate point of when you're booking a trip that you yeah. think your travel agent talks about like, the first time you see Cinderella Castle but seeing it from the ferry boat I think is a much nicer and a, a, the best way to see it than a monorail but I think yeah the feel of Magic Kingdom right is yeah. the whole thing is about the yeah. uh, uh, a sense of anticipation and expectation yeah. Yeah. is the whole reason you can see the tip of the castle from outside, yeah. but you can't see anything else. The same yeah. reason you walk left and right under the tunnels and then you get that reveal, everything built up to that. And the ferry is the best means to get there yeah. to build the anticipation. Yeah. I would always say, yeah, if you're going to Magic Kingdom, first time or first, yeah. first visit on a holiday, go yeah. on the ferry yeah. or via boat and go that way in. If you, I wonder if I, I was at Grand Floridian because if you get the <laughs> Floridian, you've always got to go, go around and then, yeah. and then. Yeah, I think also the, some of the boats. Sorry, gone. John, go on. No, the other thing I was going to mention there, Simon, as well, is the fact on your last visit to Magic Kingdom on every trip, if you choose to get the monorail, it tends to be that sort of hurried exit and things like that. But if you're on the boat, you get that kind of that kind of sail away moment where if you get yourself in a position with your family, you can actually you actually drift across the lake with that that golf ball sized lump in your throat. I'm I'm even envisaging it as yeah, I'm I, saying I, it. I, I couldn't do that, and, John. I just like obviously magic kingdom. It's horrible, but yeah. but it it just is the most beautiful thing as, you, as you're coming away and rather than rushing away with the madness of the monorail you just serenely disappear towards the ticket and transportation center as the end of your trip and it's just like bang there you go there you go kids we're going home tomorrow 
Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. When are the tears start? They start good. on the boat or as you've got off? Yeah, no. No, before yeah. it's always before. I, yeah. I'm a I'm a stickler for it. We've got a, we've got a last day tradition, which is to yeah. go to the railway station and to stand there as long as is humanly possible, um, and just yeah, and then take a big massive breath to avoid the tears, and then you don't breathe again until you basically get to t- ticket and transportation centre, basically. <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of an exit, but it's it, yes, yeah. and that's why it is the beautiful place that it is. You know, so. I think as we're talking about ticket and transportation centre, I think we should talk about the buses. Because it's we we briefly mentioned them so far this um the show tonight. And it's something that especially when you say a Disney resort even if you're not and you just want to hop between different resorts, it's just another yeah. way that I think everyone is going to use use a Disney bus. So over to you, Jill. Indeed. Well, like the Skyliner and the monorail and indeed the boats, Disney buses are free for anyone to use whether or not you're staying on site. And a lot of people don't realise that. They provide a welcome blast of aircon. Uh, some friendly music and uh, and uh, a narration, in addition to taking you where you need to go. I'm sure that many of us have got fond memories of the ride home at the end of the day, resting your aching feet, listening to the soothing music and having a little nap when they turn the lights down. Buses run between the resorts and the parks, officially 45 minutes before park opening, although in practice they do run much earlier. We've often been on a bus before 7.30 to get to the park for an early opening. They also run one hour after park closing, although, again, in practice, they'll run later if you need them. Even if you are the only people at the bus stop and it's after midnight, a CM is going to be there and they'll ensure that you have a bus to take you home. Uh, Between parks, where there isn't another direct connection, such as the monorail or the Skyliner, you can get a bus. For example, between Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom and Epcot. For the water parks, it is a little bit more complicated. You probably need to chain, so do check details if you're going to a water park. Buses do not currently run between the parks and Disney Springs. So if you want to finish your day at Disney Springs, the best way is to change at a resort. Maybe one with boat transportation or a walking route to Disney Springs. Or you can just change buses when you get to the resort. Also, if you're going between resorts, you'll need to change somewhere as buses don't run between the resorts. It's often easiest to go to the nearest park to where you want to be. For example, you get a bus to the Magic Kingdom and then walk, boat or monorail to the resort. You'll usually only wait about 20 minutes maximum for a bus. And I have to say on our last visit, it was much quicker than that for most of them. If you happen to be at the back of a long queue, yeah, you might have to wait for the second bus. But it should, still shouldn't be too long before it appears. There are countdown timers at the resorts and actually on your My Disney Experience app as well, uh, but not yet at the parks. So if you're chilling in your room and you want to find out how quickly the next bus is coming, you can do that. But if you're standing uh, at the end of the day, having come out of Epcot, footsore and weary, it's guesswork. But I have to say that the Disney World bus drivers are the nicest people imaginable. They deal with confused guests, people who need extra assistance, 
even children who are suffering the after effects of a third bucket of popcorn. And yes, I have seen them deal with that situation so quickly and efficiently that you'd never know anything was wrong. And all with a smile and a cheery word, they will even go out of their way to help you. Literally, if the bus is quiet, they might even be able to change their official route and take you straight home. That is true. We, we've had that, we've, especially on a late night as well. You've got out the yeah. park, one of the last ones in the park, and it's like, okay, you get there. And it's like, they oh, are no, my bus isn't here, but there's loads of other ones. So it's like, where are you going? I will take you to your resort. And yeah. sometimes even up to the building that you're staying in, mm. right to the next stop. I think I think yeah, as we, well as there's no better feeling than being the only people on on a Disney on the bus. bus as well. <laughs> Kings like, of the bus. Yes. It, yeah. It's just like it's one of the most amazing and magical experiences yeah. because because it's only you and yeah. I think Jill as well. You mentioned about being in the parks and you coming out and I think one of the things is uh, as much as we love to think that the bus coming in that says, you know, Magic Kingdom is going to be straight for, for our stop and things like that. But they're all tracked by GPS. And so I think as I think as well, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but if there's a massive queue for a certain resort, a bus as it comes in is directed towards a certain number of stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. essentially to get rid of a queue that's actually yeah. built yeah. up and, and it becomes really reactive and, and okay at the mm -hmm. end of a day that's really difficult to deal with but the, the actual system itself works so brilliantly and yeah, and, and like i said yeah. you like you said the drivers themselves are most brilliant people yeah they are Yeah, we last time we, we had a meal at Wilderness Lodge and we were getting a bus back to French Quarter. So we decided let's just get the first resort bus that comes jump on it and whichever uh, first park bus that comes, whichever park it goes to get off when we get a uh, French quarter bus home. And what drew up said it was an Epcot bus and there was a family sitting on there. And then we got on the driver said, where are you going to? We said, Port Orleans French quarter. Eventually he said, I just need to drop these guys at Fort wilderness and I'll take you home. Oh, and, he did, and that was it. Yeah. 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 So good. When we played bus roulette more than once, if we've got an afternoon where we're just kind of resort hopping and a Friday afternoon, we'll jump on a bus, the first bus to the first park, and then jump on the first resort bus that we see yeah. from there. Yeah. Spend yeah. a bit of time at that resort, and then do back to the park, and all over again. Yeah, it's, it's great fun. Mm -hmm. Back in our December trip, I think we managed about four different resorts that yeah. way. Mm. All in one evening. 
It yeah. is a shame. Oh. It is a shame they haven't brought that the park to Disney Springs bus back that was running mm. before yeah. after four yeah. pm. I, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's the timings. It, it depends on the time of day. It is. Well, they yeah. haven't brought yeah. that one back at no. all yet. Still. I know the parks. Park to park doesn't run until after one o'clock because of the um, park hopping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think that was a that that was a really good way of getting people to Disney Springs. Mm. If you're a resort guest, you could go straight yeah. from a park to Disney Springs, okay. have dinner, and then yeah. get your your resort bus uh, back. back. Mm. So it's a shame that they haven't brought that back. I think yeah. the only the only bugbear with the buses at the moment that I see is the water parks buses are so. Random and yeah. haphazard. Yeah, yeah. It's never really clear where you're supposed to go to get a water park yeah. bus. People yeah. go to one place and they're like, "No, you don't get yeah. it here." And if memory serves, before the next one appears, you have to go to Disney Springs. It's Disney Springs for Typhoon mm. Lagoon and Animal yeah. Kingdom for Blizzard Beach. Yeah, mm. make that what you yeah. Yeah. Just Well, makes... Typhoon Lagoon and Disney Springs, I understand because they're literally over the road from each other. Yeah. They want you to drive there. They don't charge you to park at the water parks, do they? They right, want yeah. they <laughs> encourage you to drive there. Yeah. Yeah, they make the arrangements really bad to get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the, the biggest tip, and you know, sorry if you didn't know this, uh, but the biggest tip for Disney Springs is get on a bus to Saratoga Springs. Get off at Congress Park. Ten minutes walk. Yeah. And right. you'll be in you'll be in marketplace in ten minutes. Yeah, that is true. So yeah. Or do what we did and jump on a boat from French Quarter. Yeah. I think we've or covered so many different types yeah. of stations. Mm-hmm. If you had just had to choose one that you're getting tonight, doesn't matter where you are in Walt Disney World, you've got to choose <laughs> one one that you're going on. <laughs> what one is it? And first, I'm going to go for John. Which I know what it's going to be. People mover. Every single time. <laughs> the good old-fashioned wed way. And I, I actually... Yeah, uh, like I said, I just it, it's just amazing. It, yeah. You know, to actually, even even if you sit on it now and you think about when it was built, the technology that's involved in it is you know, and the use of magnets yeah. and etc. is it, something to quite behold. Yeah, it's in Tomorrowland, which yes, we're not still in the sixties, but actually. I, I still think it's such an underrated part of of Walt Disney World. If you've got young kids um, who are below the height to ride Space Mountain, it's the most amazing thing to ride again and again and again, whilst older kids and other adults are actually on Space Mountain, just saying. Um, <laughs> but it is, it, yeah, it's my, it's my favourite. And, I'm 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 probably a bit oh. biased on that because everything else everything else is you get on it no matter what you know it's yeah. it's a means to an end but that is something so unique but I'll I'll let other people have their say as well. How about you, Jill? What, what's your favourite? Oh, I'm on the mode? Skyliner. I'm on the Skyliner. I just fell in love with it on that trip. It was just so good. Is it because you head into Riviera? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> That was that was a special, very special occasion, definitely. But yeah, it's just so quick and easy and yeah. peaceful. Yeah. What about you, Peter? I'm not agreeing with Jill because she's my wife. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a skyliner. Skyliner. It's 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 so easy. 
you, you get some nice views if you haven't got a wrap. And yeah, it's it's so easy. Mm, yeah. How about you, Simon? I'm torn, you see, because the, the one the one mode of transport that I always loved from my first visit at Disney World was the monorail. Yeah. It, the instant draw to like the futuristic contemporary resort. I love the fact it went through the building. But I love the I don't know, the almost dapper esque feel of the old motor launches that run to the Grand Floridian. By yeah. far and away my favourite resort around there. So I love the boat if I'm at if I'm at that resort, but I love the monorail as a principle. So I'd be torn between those two. But I'd say the Skyliner probably. Exactly. That was uh, sorry, the monorail. That was always the, the one for me. But I love the Skyliner too. I just yeah. I'm less bothered by buses. That would yeah. be my last yeah, last yeah. <laughs> resort would be a bus. How about you, Becca? The boats. Oh, okay. All day. I love the boats. They're so just peaceful and relaxing. You can take a few minutes out of a busy park day to just chill and relax. And as John is always saying, pause and let the magic come to you. That's true. Mm. All yeah. I can think of now is getting a boat, leaving Magic Kingdom and going to Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. And just going to Geyser oh, Point. For yeah. Lunch. Or the um, <laughs> boat over to Grand Floridian. See, my, mine's going to be something we haven't talked about much tonight, but it's there's something about it. it you, it's your first morning, yeah, really early in the morning because it's jet lag. But it's going out and walking, being one of the Crescent Lake resorts and walking yeah. around to either Epcot Hollywood Studios or being at Polynesian or Grand or Contemporary and being able to walk to the Magic Kingdom. There's just something about that Florida air, that first morning, you having that heat hit you early in the morning, and I just think it's something that you can't beat walking at Disney World. There's so many different places, whether it be in park or out of park. But I, I that that would be my choice. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, um, that feels like a cop out. Oh what? <laughs> I love, I've got all of these backups. Yeah, I want once my legs given, I can use the bus. I can use the monorail. I can use. <laughs> I could have. I would have said you were going to say the Skyliner, but I don't know. Where I'm going to say <laughs> it's my Oh, wonderful. That was a blame. But yeah, we, we hope we've managed to guide you through all the transportation work, um, options at Walt Disney World. Please join us in the Waffler's Arms, which is our Facebook community, and let us know what your favourite is. is. Is there something? Do you have a picture of you or like first time on a monorail? Or maybe last time because you didn't enjoy it so much. So th thank you for tuning into the Great British Mickey Waffle. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that it brought a little bit of Disney magic into your day. So if you've missed any of our previous shows, don't worry. You can catch up by downloading them from your podcast app of choice or by watching them on our YouTube channel. So we also have live Wafflers Wednesday shows on YouTube every week. So be sure to join us for even more Waffle. So if you want to stay up to date with all things Waffle, be sure to follow us on social media at GBMickeyWaffle on Facebook, uh, sorry, on Facebook, TikTok, Threads and Instagram. You can also email us, which is old school, at waffleon at gbmickeywaffle.com with any comments, questions or ideas for future episodes. So we love hearing from our audience and we really appreciate your support. So if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your podcast app. And don't forget to share, share the show with your friends. So thank you again. And I think there's just one thing left to say. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. 